الحمد لله الذي أنزل القرآن العربية وحدانا السرات السوية والصلاة والسلام على محمد الذي بعث رسول النبي وعلى آله وصحبه الذين سلكوا طريق المرضية أما بعد ما رسبكت الله Dearest brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When we discuss the enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you can perhaps divide them into two categories. There were those who were enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and were bereft of nobility, meaning they had no grace about them. They had no poise or calmness about them. They would slur, make disparaging remarks, would say abhorrent things, and would try to assault the Prophet on a day-to-day -day basis. They were those who not only attempted to smear his name, but they were those who tried to smear him with the entrails, the insides, the innards of animals and beasts such as camels. They behaved in an incredibly disgraceful way towards Rasulullah These were the first type of individuals. And then the second type were his enemies, but they had some nobility about them. They realized and they recognized that there is nothing noble, there is nothing courageous, there is nothing brave about finding a person in the middle of the road and humiliating him. Or catching a person unaware and then saying foul things about him. They understood that the time to fight the enemy was restricted to only the time of battle. That this is where you come one on one and as a man you bear nobility and you fight and whoever wins they will win. So these were the enemies of Rasulullah, split into two categories. And what you will find is that majority, if not all, of those who made disgraceful remarks about him and behaved without any respect or nobility, none of them accepted Islam. In fact, most of them were killed during the Battle of Badr, the likes of Abu Jahl, Umayyah, etc. They were all killed during the Battle of Badr, either before it, during it, or just after it. And those individuals who respected the Prophet ﷺ, despite their enmity, but they fought him on the battle pitch with respect, and they withheld their tongue from saying anything foul about him, these individuals went on, most of them once again, accepting Islam. From among these individuals is a man that I want to talk about. And this is an individual by the name of Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. Khalid ibn Walid was born to an individual known as Walid ibn al-Mughira al-Makhzumi, who was one of the leaders of the tribe of Quraysh. Khalid, his son, was almost like a prince because his father was one of the chieftains, one of the leaders of the tribe. And he had everything in his dominion, everything in his possession. But his father was against the Prophet And Khalid inherited this from his father. And during the Battle of Badr, Khalid radiallahu anhu was not there. He wasn't participating in the Battle of Badr against the Muslims. Later on, he accepts Islam. But during the Battle of Badr, the first battle, he is not there. But his brother, Walid ibn Walid, is there. And he is captured by the Muslims. 
And whilst he's in captivity, he learns about Islam and in his heart, he accepts it. And when Khalid ibn Walid comes to Medina for the first time to pay some ransom so that he can free his brother, he pays 4,000 coins. And his brother Walid ibn Walid leaves with him. And when they reach a point where as they're leaving Medina and they are camping there in the night, Walid turns back and he returns to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the reason why he did that was so that people wouldn't say that, oh, he accepted Islam because he was in captivity or he was in fear of his life. He wanted to come as a free individual to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This incensed Khalid. This made him incredibly angry. That number one, he was captured, I came to free him. Number two, I paid money. If he was going to accept Islam, why did he make me waste my money? And number three, that the Quraysh had lost against Prophet And he made it his prerogative. He made it his objective that the following, the following year, when it will be the battle of Uhud, that he will strike the Prophet down. Khalid radiallahu anhu, uh, is from amongst two individuals in history who have never lost a battle. The first, Genghis Khan, the Mongol leader. And the second is Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. Now, during the battle of Uhud, which was with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he recognized that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, many of our hujjaj will have been coming back from Medina now. When you go to Medina and you visit Mount Uhud, it is not just a scenic area that you are looking at and thinking, wow, this is an amazing mountain. There was a reason why the Prophet ﷺ chose Uhud for that particular battle. It was to stop individuals. Uhud surrounds three entrances into Medina. And the fourth entrance is where the army would stand in front of the Quraysh. Meaning you can't go around into Medina. We are blocking the only route that you can enter into Medina. Their objective was to get into Medina and kill everybody. The Prophet ﷺ had blocked off that route and the other three routes were blocked off by the mountain. And the second blessing of Mount Uhud was that nobody could come around the army. There were only a handful, 700 people who were fighting against almost 3,000. If those 3,000 had come into a circle and fought against them, they would have been encircled and they would have been destroyed. So Mount Uhud prevented that from happening. Now when the people of Mecca came to fight the Prophet ﷺ, the commanders were three. Abu Sufyan who was in charge of everything. And on the left-hand side and the right-hand side, you had two flanks. One of them was led by Ikrimah, the son of Abu Jahl, and the other one was led by Khalid ibn Walid. And they went into the battle. Ikrimah went into the battle and, lost, and, and you know, lost his mind and he was fighting and fighting. His army dispersed there. The Muslims were winning, etc. But Khalid radiallahu anhu, what was amazing about him was Allah had blessed Khalid ibn Walid with great intelligence, especially as far as war, stratagems, strategic implications during war was concerned. He knew exactly what to do, when to execute it, and at what time. Allah had blessed him with this ability that whilst everybody else was panicking in the state of war, Khalid ibn Walid would be waiting there like an eagle, waiting for its prey. And when the moment would arise, that is when he would make a very piercing attack which would dent anybody he was fighting against. And there at that moment he saw that some of the Muslims had thought that the war was over and as they had proceeded onto the battle pitch, Khalid ibn Walid went round the back and uh, they left their position which they, they were told by the Prophet sallallahu you must protect this position. If you don't protect this position, then what will happen is that we will be circled. And that's exactly what had happened. And the onslaught was such that Khalid ibn Walid on that day, he was looking for the Prophet and there was rumors being spread that the Prophet had been killed, that the Prophet had been killed. The reason for this was because before 
before the Prophet had left Medina, there was an individual by the name of Mus'ab ibn Umair, a very young companion of the Prophet The Prophet gifted him his armor, his chainmail that he would wear to protect himself and he gifted it to him. Now when Mus'ab ibn Umair fell and was slaughtered, everyone thought that this was the Prophet Muhammad who had been slaughtered. And as a result, rumors started spreading around that Muhammad has been killed, Muhammad has been killed. To the extent that Abu Sufyan who was leading the Qurashi Makki army, pagan army believed it. But Khalid ibn Walid said no. Abu Sufyan says, what do you mean no? He says, this man cannot be Muhammad sallallahu His face must have been hurt as well that they couldn't recognize. They were recognizing him by the clothes. He goes, this man cannot be Muhammad. This is the intelligence of Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. Why can't it be him? Because this man has died alone. Do you think that this, the, the companions of the Prophet would have left him alone to die? They would be around him fighting. If this man has died alone, then he's a decoy, then he's somebody else. He must be somewhere else. And he went on that battlefield looking for the Prophet Khair, this was Khalid ibn Walid in the beginning. He was out for the blood of the Prophet What I'm painting for you is the picture, the context of where Khalid ibn Walid was in the beginning of Islam. Thereafter came the battle of Khandak. When the Muslims knew that they could not defend Medina, one of the Persian Sahabi, whose name was Salman radiallahu anhu, who had spent time with the Persians and understood warfare, he said, if we can't defend ourselves, we must dig a ditch around Medina, Khandak. And in some places in Medina, if you go today, you can still see the remnants of these places. Go visit, see these places. Don't just say that I'm going to go, I'm going to stay in the masjid and then I'm gonna go shopping. There are so many things in and around Medina, historical places, go and see these places. Khandak, their ditches are still there, elements of it. They're not completely, but some of those. And those, Ditches were so huge that nobody could jump across. But there were some areas where individuals could jump across. There was one particularly narrow area. Two individuals from the Meccan army were able to jump across. One was a man by the name of Amr ibn Abdi Wood. And he jumped across and he done what was known as Mubaraza, that he would challenge the Muslims. Who from among you believes that they can defeat me? And Ali radiallahu anhu went and he defeated him. And just as before he was about to kill him, Amr ibn, Wood, uh, ibn Abdi would spat in Ali radiallahu anhu's face. And Ali, Ali radiallahu anhu put his sword away. They asked him, why do you do this? He said, before I was killing you for the sake of Allah. But now I think that you've humiliated me. I'm going to kill you for myself. I don't want any part of this. And he withdrew his sword. And as he was leaving, Amr couldn't take defeat. And he ran at Ali radiallahu anhu and Amr was finished at that particular moment. The other person who jumped across was Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. And it took 200 archers to stop Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu penetrating the Muslim lines. And times like this progressed where he was having skirmishes with the Muslims until one particular occasion arised. Where when the Prophet ﷺ was coming to perform Umrah and he was without any weaponry, the Prophet ﷺ with a, a group of many, many Sahaba was proceeding on to Mecca where Khalid said, I'm going to take a group of a hundred men and I'm going to try to take them apart. And what he realized was nobody knew that Khalid was going for the Prophet ﷺ. But Allah revealed to the Prophet ﷺ that you now need to read Salatul Khawf. Salatul Khawf is when the army is praying, some of the army stand to defend the army and the rest will be praying. And then they switch sides. When Khalid saw, he waited for Dhuhr. And he said, when they all start praying Dhuhr, I'm going to kill them. But then when Asr time came, they're all doing this new formation where somebody is protected. And he realized that this man is protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And thereafter, when the Prophet ﷺ came to Mecca and he came to perform his Umrah, he said, where is Khalid? Where is Khalid? And they said, well, Khalid has left the city. He has said that if Muhammad is here and I am here, then Muhammad will not leave alive. And he had this hatred towards the Prophet ﷺ. And it was at that time that the Prophet ﷺ appealed to the intelligence of Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. He said, has a man like Khalid not realized that Allah is one, that the message that I've come with, an intelligent man like Khalid, has he not realized this by now? And when Khalid, this news was received by Khalid radiallahu anhu, immediately he started thinking about Islam more. His heart started opening towards it more. And then he saw the betrayal among his own people. He asked Ikrima and Abu Sufyan, what would you think if I was to accept Islam? And they started calling him treacherous. And they started calling him a betrayer. And they said, how can you leave the religion of your forefathers? To the extent that that night Khalid didn't sleep in his house because he feared that he was going to be killed by these individuals. And that moment, Khalid thought that this is the time for me to leave. He left and he went into Medina. And along the way, he met three other individuals. And all of these three individuals were making their way to Medina. One was Amr ibn al-As, the other one was Uthman ibn Talha. All three of them come in front of the Prophet Before he even proceeded to see the Prophet he changed his clothes, he made himself fragrant. And then he went there and he said, Assalamu alaikum ya Rasulullah. That, O oh, Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings be upon you. And then he exalted, and, and, and then he said that I have come here to testify that there is only one Allah, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his messenger. My friends, this was only a few moments ago that he was out there looking for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He had spent several years of his life killing Muslims. With such remorse and regret, he presented himself to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi if the Prophet ﷺ wanted at that juncture, he could have said, I want nothing to do with you. You are a man who has killed so many of our Muslims. You are a man who has killed so many individuals. But the Prophet ﷺ did not say any of that. He accepted his, his Islam. Why? Because there was potential in Khalid ibn Walid. He was a man willing to change, wanting to change. And in three months after this particular incident where he accepts Islam, the uh, the, the time and the, the ability to show how much he has changed presents himself. Inshallah, we will continue with this uh, uh, upon the member. Are there any uh, notes or? Alhamdulillah wa katha wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah maba'an. My friends, three months after Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu accepted Islam, came the battle of Mu'ta. This particular battle occurred when the Prophet ﷺ had sent an emissary to the Ghassani leaders and they had killed this man. Now as protocols of war are that if you were to send an emissary to proclaim a message or for parley, you are not allowed to kill him. But they killed him. This is an act of war. This is to show that we are ready to fight against you. And immediately the Prophet ﷺ mobilized an army of 3,000. <laughs> the army they were going to face, according to some Muslim scholars, they say 100,000, uh, some say 200,000. Orientalists have the opinion that it was actually 10,000 and the numbers which are 100,000 are exaggerated. Wallahu alam. But it was a larger army than 3,000, that we know for certain. Now, the Prophet ﷺ sends 3,000 and he says that there are going to be three leaders. He says the first will be Zayd ibn Haritha. If he is to die, then it will be Ja'far. If Ja'far radiallahu anhu dies, then it will be Abdullah ibn Rawaha. 
if the three of them pass away and are all killed, then you choose a leader from among you. This was the first battle. And despite, for, for Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu as a Muslim, and despite him being a man of great military genius, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam wanted him to earn his position. Now what happened with him in this particular battle was as follows. During this battle, they were severely outnumbered. First, Zayd ibn Haritha is slaughtered. And all of this is being relayed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who is in Medina through Jibreel Alayhi Salatu Wasallam. And he is telling the companions who are around him that Zayd has been slaughtered and now he is in Jannah. And thereafter, Ja'far is slaughtered as well and he is killed, he has become shaheed. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying this and his eyes are flowing with tears and he's saying that Ja'far has also, who was a family member of his, he says he has also been killed and he is also in Jannah. And then Abdullah ibn Rawaha takes the, 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 the flag and he takes the, leader, the, 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 the leadership of the Muslim army and he also is slaughtered. Now the Muslims are in a state of confusion. They are without a leader. They are in front of an army who are far stronger than them, not just in numbers, but the Byzantine Romans had better weaponry, better so they were trained in warfare. They knew how to fight. And at that juncture, some of them were saying that we now need to choose some from among ourselves. Who shall we choose? And they unanimously chose Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu to take that flag. And as soon as he took that flag, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, أَخَذَهَا سَيْفٌ مِّن سُيُوفِ That one of the swords of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken the flag of Islam on that particular day. Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu, his his mind and his, and his strategy was such that he realized that this war cannot be won. So the night came by and he said to his army that I want you to rearrange yourself. He took the right flank and he put them on the left. And he took the left and he put them on the right. And he took the vanguard and he put them at the front. And those who were at the front, he put them at the back. And he said, this will be your, your, your formation for tomorrow. And then he took a group of people, a group of his army, and he said, I want you to go and find a dusty part on this hill, on this, on this earth. And I want you to, when I give you the, the sound, I want you to start running this way. And then he took another group and he said, I want you to join the war tomorrow morning. And what happened was that the following morning, when they were fighting the Byzantines, they thought that they were fighting new people. These weren't the same people we were fighting. And then he gave the command and they saw, they saw from the distance that horses were riding in the dust and they thought that reinforcements are coming and then a new group of people came from behind as well when they saw all of this Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu he fought so valiantly that day that the narration of Imam Bukhari rahimahullah mentions that on that day he broke nine swords nine swords can you imagine with such power that he had to fight with and the first thing he did when he received the flag of Islam he said hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil Allah is enough for us and he is the best disposer of all affairs. Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu after this battle went from strength to strength. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away. But what I want to highlight to you was the iman of Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. That on one occasion when they were now moving, the expansion of the Muslim lands began. And Umar radiallahu anhu's uh, 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 group of people and his expeditions were, were expanding out towards Persia. The people said to Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu that be careful of the Persians, the Persians will poison you. He said, bring, bring poison towards me. And he took his, his poison and he, and he looked at it and he said, Bismillah, in the name of Allah, Khayril Asma, the best of all names, Rabbil Ardi wa Rabbis Sama, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. 
The one in whose name no poison can affect. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. The merciful, the very merciful. And Khalid takes the poison hit, has no effect on Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. It was his iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many of us complain, I have a headache, I can't read Surah Fatiha. By the way, a disclaimer, don't go thinking that you're Khalid ibn Walid and take poison in your mouth, otherwise we'll do janazah tomorrow. This was the iman of Khalid ibn Walid. Whilst we're on that topic, sometimes it happens. I, have, I know of one scholar, individuals came to him, one woman who wasn't able to give birth, and she was saying, read a dua, read something upon me, read something upon me. He says, I don't know what to read. You know, I'm a young scholar, I don't know what to read, I don't know what to read. He said, no, read something, read something, I've, I've been trying to conceive, I haven't. So he said, Bismillah, and that was it. A few months later, she came and said, it actually worked, I, you know, I'm pregnant, etc. And there were a line of people coming to him, pray on me, pray upon me, pray upon me. Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu's trust was in Allah. He knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would protect him at all times, protect him in all moments. But what began happening was that the Muslim army started feeling that their win was due to Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. And they started saying, we won because Khalid was in our army. They were walking, you know, walking through the land. They would go from one battle to another. As soon as they finished with the Persians, they went towards the Romans. They were winning these battles. And people started saying that this is happening to us because we have Khalid in our, in our army. Not because we have the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Umar radiallahu anhu saw this. And he thought that this may affect Khalid, that this may, this may bring some vanity about him. And he said to Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu, that you have now been removed from the army. This was the greatest affliction to befall Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. He couldn't take being outside of the army. And in one of his final battles, the battle of Yarmouk, which, which was for six days, during the battle he was fighting so ferociously, but after the battle, he was looking really worried. His men said to him that, why are you so worried? And I want to highlight to you that his love for the Prophet ﷺ. He said, because I've lost my red hat. Look for it. He said, utlubu, utlubu. He told his people to look for this red hat of his. They scoured the field and they finally found this red hat. And they said, what's so special about this red hat? He said, when the Prophet ﷺ had performed his hajj, his umrah, he had shaved his hair off. And I requested a portion of this hair. This has been related by Imam Bayhaqi in Al-Mu'jim Al-Kabir. He took this hair of the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ said, for as long as this is with you, you will not lose in battle. And Khalid radiallahu anhu by his own testimony says, I have worn this, I sewed it to the front of my cap. I wore this in every single battle and in every single battle Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me success. Alas, he is now on his final, on his, on his deathbed. He's in his room and he's almost close to passing away. And he is crying his eyes up. Somebody, an attendant asks him, that why are you crying? He says, I am crying because he wanted to be a martyr. He wanted to die as a shaheed. He says, I am dying here like a coward on my bed. The man says, be at peace. You will not have been able to be martyred in your life. As this was foretold by the Prophet Khalid says, I can't recall the Prophet saying anything like this. What do you mean? He said, when the Prophet of Allah had named you as the sword of Allah, this meant that the sword of Allah can never be broken or defeated by the enemy of Allah. Therefore, you will never have been defeated in the battlefield because the sword of Allah cannot be destroyed. And in this manner, Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu passed away. My friends, what I wanted to highlight to you was, he was a man who was there saying in Mecca at one point, if Muhammad is here and I am here, Muhammad will not leave alive. Three months later, he was fought and he was known as the safe 
the sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He left this world and look at his effects. My friends, there will be many of us who pass away in this life. And when we do pass away, my friends, there will be a moment where we are think, lying on our deathbed. And we will be thinking, what have I done? What have I left behind? There's some individuals who pass away and their janazah salah, honestly, we see is only the first two rows. And then there are individuals who did something and it goes all the way back. Why? Because they made an effect on the community. My friends, if your effect is only on your family, and your concern is only your family. You've done good by your family, but what about the wider Islamic community? My friends, look at the likes of Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu, whose entire life was spent in order to strengthen Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant me the ability to act upon what has been said. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all the ability to act upon what has been said. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu and all of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in. Alhamdulillah, Nahmeduhu and Estarinuhu and Estafiru, when I owe the Billah in Tarala in Shururi and Fusina, women say Yati Amalina, may Hilla who fell a mudilla, who may you lil fella had yeller, when I shed a la ilaha illa law who had the Hula Sheri killer, when I shed Anna Mohammed and Abdu or Solo, Salah who Tarala Ali, who Allah Ali, he was Habihi, or Baraka was Salamat Slim and Kathir and Kathira, and Mabad, or Kadakala law who Tabaraka or Tarala, in the law who Malai Katahu, you Saluna Alan Nabi. يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ارضى عن الخلفاء الراشدين الأربع أبي بكر وعمر وأثمان وعلي وعن الستة من العشرة وعن أهل بدر وعن أصحاب الشجرة وعن السابقين الأولين من المهاجرين والأنصار وعن أمهات المؤمنين وعن الصحابة رضي الله الله تعالى عنهم اجمعين اللهم اغفر لنا وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وألف بين قلوبهم وأصلح ذات بينهم وانصرهم على عدوك وعدوهم اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم استر أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم احفظ أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أنجل مستضعفين من المؤمنين في كل مكان اللهم كن لهم عونا ونصيرا اللهم بدل خوفهم أمنا وأخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور يا أرحم الراحمين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكر اذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون قيم الصلاة